Well, Jeff, you settle over there. You're scooting things around. You get all. <laughs> you get my get headphones on. Okay. R's right. Oh, okay. What happens right. if I put these headphones on backwards? If I put the L on my right ear and the right R on my left ear, does it mess everything up? Or <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's been the problem all along, Jeff. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> I don't quite understand why. Why there's a left and a right on the on the headphones? But, oh, you well, know. I have to have to Google that. I guess so, I don't know. Jeff. I need to get it. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, I'm Roger Fields. I'm here with Jeff, my brother. We're the Fields Brothers. We're doing this from Central Kentucky, from uh, Moonlight Fields event venue, and we're in the man cave. And uh, you know, one of the things we need to be clear about, Jeff, I think, is just who we really do this for. And I think. Is it true to say, would you agree, that we do this probably primarily for people who have you know, probably grown up in church or who have been church for a long time, who are either exhausted or maybe confused, um, maybe just, um, just really struggling with now, just maybe a small disillusion that the things they thought they could do uh, the ways they thought they could perform, that they thought they could maybe live the Christian life, you know, I love that term, and they're just having trouble, and they just can't maybe put it all together. Yeah, I mean, that's is pretty that, good. Is that fair? Uh, way of describing it. Um, and there are a lot of people like that, I'm learning. Yeah, I mean, we would hope to, there are many, many people that are sincere as can be, but for whatever reason, they just, they feel like their Christian life is just not working out. And they're going around in circles. Yes. You know, I mean, they just... You know, they, they learn some things that they get excited about, and they try to put them into place, and it works for a little while, and then, you know, it doesn't work so well, and they try something else, and they love God. They love the things of God. They love the Bible for the most part, and I think they want to do the right things, but they're just not, they're having trouble putting it all together. And, and you uh, know, it's, it's interesting to, you know, we don't know who's listening for the most part. Yeah. Okay, you know, we get some emails and all that, and we're thankful for that, but, you know. I'm assuming it runs the gamut. You know, there may be people yeah. that stumble across it that maybe are not in that situation, and maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. So we just trust the Lord to to speak to the the hearts of uh, of those that would listen, and, and we're thankful to. Um, it's amazing the technology of how far this can go. So, all right, what you got for us? Well, I want to start with an update from the Fields Brothers Accounting Department. <laughs> oh, good. No, so, no. Of course, as you know, I, I, in I, do, I do head up the Fields Brothers um, show accounting department. And I am happy to report that we met our year-end giving goal along with the, the matching donation you mean that from the fundraisers the, and everything? Well, I mean, all of it. All, all of it combined. combined. <laughs> you know, the year-end goal that we had for donations along with the matching uh, donations. So if someone gave money up to a certain level, then, you know, someone, you know, we had a match. And so with the donations that came in and the match, we reached our goal. And what would that be, Jeff? Uh, Z- zero. Zero. Yeah. That's it. That's kind of where <laughs> I thought we were at. I thought so, we were pretty close to that. So we had zero matching. Yeah, and so zero contributions combined with the zero matching is I zero. Make a, I may and make a contribution myself sometime. Just so no, we that have would something. that would really throw that off really our accounting off. here. So. <laughs> it would be a dramatic increase. In that would make my twenty twenty two. That would make my life more uh, more complicated. So I guess it's the time to say that we don't do advertising on the show and we don't take contributions. So. 
it's all free and we don't beat yeah. you up for money. And we're not the only ones that did a lot of that. Some, a lot of other podcasts are the same way. So it's not like we're the, but we're, we're the, the most honest. I think. So I, it, I, think. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I've got two pages of stuff here and I, there's no way we're going to get to all of this. And oh, um, no. hopefully I can figure, all right, what do you got? Figure, figure out some priority on this. Um, one thing I want to mention the uh, one listener, um, we have a listener who is a um, funeral director, and uh, and he sent me a. He's got a great sense of humor. I met him back in. Um, yeah, in yeah, it would have to be a different sort of person to want to be. I guess going so. To, I mean, what, what kid goes grows up and says, "What do you want to do? You want to be a fireman, an astronaut? <laughs> you want to be a baseball player? No, I want to be a funeral well, director." Well, all right, all right. Sense. I'm not. I'm just saying somebody's got to do it. Anyway, I'm trying to find out what he. Um, you know, I never this. It never really dawned on me that um, it can be pretty rough being a funeral director who understands grace. You know why? Why? Because you got to listen to all these funeral sermons. Oh yeah, well that's true. Just all the time, and um, Elka here it is. He he's he sent me a list of a few of the things that he hears in sermons. Oh and uh oh no <laughs> oh my goodness okay one of them was a. Uh, God is like a tennis shoe. You know how God is like a tennis no, shoe? I'm afraid to ask. How's God like a tennis shoe? <laughs> there are strings attached. Isn't that horrible? Really? He said that? <laughs> yeah, a preacher evidently said that, that God. So, you know, you can't just, and I don't know that beyond that, but, you all know, right. some legalistic thing. And the old one that, that you know, you, we've all heard many times is um, God took this person because he needed another what? What something another in another angel? Another angel. He needed another angel. Which is and, a whole uh, bogus thing. You <laughs> know, another friend angel. of mine said God can he can yeah. make another angel yeah. if he wants another angel. I've heard somebody beings, say so. God wanted another flower in his garden. I thought, how weird is that? <laughs> There's a lot of things. So anyway, just um, just want to express our um, our sympathy and thoughts with the uh, a grace loving funeral director that wow. has to suffer through. Uh, a lot of sermons that are um, not real, um, not real focused on on the grace that we have. Yeah, and if he's listening, he can send us this stuff anytime. I mean, I like to see what's going on out there in the funeral sermon world. Well, he sent me a few more. I'll, I'll, all right, uh, you share them with us later. All right. Yeah, I mean, there, but you, right. you get the idea. Uh, I get the idea. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to go here? Uh, from one of the heard one of the best analogies I've I've read in, in quite a while, and I shared it on Facebook, so you may have already seen it there, but. Um, the fell in Ireland, Phelan Doetry that I really like, um, and I finished this book. Phenomenal book. Uh, I didn't bring that with me. I may bring it sometime. Read well, a few quotes out of like, there. But the other way you like him as a teacher because he's from Ireland. He's probably, he's probably got some inside scoop on golf or something. And where golf came from, Ireland. No, I think Scotland. Oh, Scotland. That's right. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Scotland. That's right. Scotland. All right. Never mind. But anyway, forget I said that. But the, uh, he wrote, and this is from his book, um, Galatians 5.1, you know, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he tells about, you know, he's a veterinarian. In addition to being a pastor and a good teacher and author, he's, he's a, a veterinarian. veterinarian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His father was a veterinarian, so he got, okay. he got, he's continuing the family business type of thing. But he said many times he's been brought, someone has brought him an animal that got caught in a snare. And animals in really bad shape, you know, and, yeah. you know, and caught in a snare that wasn't designed for them and bring it to a vet to try to, Get them out of the snare, or if they're already there, try to you know. Oh, the snare is still attached to the well, animal when they bring the animal. Different times, sometimes. Really, you know, I, I you know, different. Right. I'm sure, sometimes. But the, but the point was this that, and I hadn't really thought about this, but it makes sense. Is that the a, that type of a snare is designed to where I mean, the snare itself is pretty small and pretty weak. I mean, you can have a strong animal 
and a seemingly pretty weak snare, but the way it's designed, the harder the animal tries to get out of it, the tighter the snare gets. And so the animal ends up, in some cases, you know, he says in a lot of these cases, he has to, you know, put the animal down. But they end up, what kills them is their own strength. Because the stronger the animal is, the stronger they, the harder they try, that that tightens the snare. Huh. And I thought, boy, is that a picture of illegalism yeah. or what? Yeah. That and and I think we've experienced that. You and I have experienced that. That that if I just, you know, if, if I, I'll get more from God if I just do a little bit better. Buckle and down. Then the harder you try, you know, you end up digging a deeper hole yeah. in that. And that's that's the law approach. That's legalism. That's the approach of I'm going to please God by doing stuff for him and, mm-hmm. and by avoiding bad stuff. That's going to make him happy with me. I'm going to get stuff from him because of my performance, which completely negates the entire point of the gospel. And it, and it denies what we already have. I'm The more I listen to you know other other teachers and and read stuff is just so much of the the new testament so much of the letters to the christians are just helping us see who we already are what we already have i mean it's just the you know when we don't see grace we're always trying to get more than what we have like we don't have enough and so there's so many scriptures and you know we've talked about the one in in first corinthians the spirit's role is to you know, help us see the things that have been freely given to us. I, I think, and you still agree with this point, I mean, I really believe it's accurate to say that the New Testament is primarily two things. It's a receipt of what's been purchased for us, what we already have, mm-hmm. and it's an owner's manual. We have this already. Now, this is how you can use yeah. it, operate in it. This is how you can treat people because I'm still of a little uncomfortable with the owner's manual. Why is that? Well, tell, well, tell me. What's... It just makes it sound like more of a rule book type of thing. There's no, well, there's no relationship. A... Now, now, you know, I get an owner's manual with my car. I bought a, you know, Yeah, but you don't have to read there. your owner's manual. You just get more out of it if you do. It's not a, nobody's But there's gonna... still no relationship between me and the well, person that wrote that owner's manual. So. Well, okay. I'm not saying that it's going to break down at some point. Okay. But, but, it's, but it, it lets us, I guess, the, what, the, on the level it works for me is that it just allows me, you know, when I see, for instance, instructions about how to treat people right, mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is just this is what you have now in Christ that's been paid for you. This is how you can operate in or live it out. doesn't mean you have to. doesn't mean, you know, God's going to love you any less. You don't lose your salvation or your relationship with God if you don't. But you do have something when you get, uh, when you come to the Lord, when you get redeemed, when you're redeemed, you become His, you're in Christ. You do, uh, there's a lot that comes with that. And a lot of growth is just be learning what you have, living in that, acknowledging it, receiving that, uh, learning what that is. I would change it a little bit, see, what, okay, see well, if you go right. along with this. Rather than an owner's manual, right. if. Say years ago, uh, or whoever, uh, a father sends a gift to a son from a distance. He's not a sends a gift to son and writes a letter. Okay, here's here's how you use this or whatever. Here's here, here's how. To, so it's, it's it's coming from a personal relationship. So yeah, it's a letter. As the owner's manual just seems so impersonal. <laughs> you know, it seems well, so, I, okay, all right, so, okay, but, all right. Well, um, maybe. Maybe you're you got your your daddy was uh, Mr. Ferrari and you bought a got a Ferrari in the owner's manual. He wrote a personal note in the owner's manual. Just thought. you're just not going to give up on that owner's well, manual. Well, not yet. I might have to at some point, but not yet. I'm not giving up on it. No. I listened to uh, discovered another um, 
a grace teacher uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I may not have mentioned this to you before. Um, he is uh, Dr. Lynn Hiles, first name L-Y-N-N, last name Hiles, H-I-L-E-S. And he comes from a Pentecostal background, and he's still pretty much in the Pentecostal movement, which you know, I want to point out a couple of things he said, which are fascinating. But just the fact that there is a grace teacher in the Pentecostal movement is fascinating oh. to me. And, and it is encouraging because what we're seeing, and you've seen this too, there are New Covenant grace teaching pastors in all different denominations, all different times. Oh yeah. I mean, some more formal, some less formal and this one Pentecostal. Yeah. Yeah. It transcends. And so, I mean, and that's, you know, to me, that's kind of a, uh, a validation that, you know, they're all seeing the same thing Mm -hmm. and they all end up preaching the same things, you Mm -hmm. know, seeing the same insights, preaching on the same stories a lot of time, bringing out the same things from the same verses. Um, Andrew Womack. I mean, he's charismatic Pentecostal grace teacher. I mean, there's, I would, yeah, I mean, he definitely is. This fellow is more old, for lack of a better term, old school Pentecostal, okay. old right. style Pentecostal. Okay. And um, I mean, they got the organ playing in the background sometimes oh, when, he's, okay. when he's when he's speaking. All right. And he just has a traveling ministry. He does. He's not a pastor of one church, but uh, I've been listening to some of his stuff. But I mean, some of the things he mentioned that um, and he does a great job of imitating the Pentecostal preachers that he heard when he was growing up. It is hilarious, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, where they get the rhythm going. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And every, yeah. Sentence, no, yeah. every sentence ends with, you know, yeah. you got to yeah. believe, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Totally, right. and so he can do that the really good. Going, yeah, the yeah. cadence going. And he talks about when they, uh, <laughs> they, they would preach against um, drinking Coca-Cola. Well, they talk about te- really? preach against television. They would call it television. Okay, and you got to you know you don't need to have that television in your home, right. and you got the devil's ears on top of your house. That was antennas, yeah. you know, with yeah. the devil's ears. And yeah. he said, you know, man, this was when Andy Griffith was on. <laughs> <laughs> but he said they would preach against Coca Cola, and he said, um, so so we'd ask him, well, why, why are you preaching against Coca Cola? He said, well, you're drinking it from a bottle, and someone sees you drinking that <laughs> oh, from a bottle, and they may yeah, think you're drinking God. alcohol. And they said, well, you don't preach against root beer, and root beer comes in a bottle. And what he was told us, he says, well, have you noticed the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle? said a Coca, and of course, this was years ago, said the shape of a Coca-Cola bottle looks like the shape of a woman. And said that, oh, could, cause, that could cause you to lust. And so, Lynn Hiles. I tell you, we, and I've said before, we've really invented our legalism. We really, you know. So, Lynn Hiles, he said, he said, I was 16 years old. And I'm thinking, well, thanks for that image now in my mind. Yeah. And he said this. He said, I struggled for years until Coca-Cola came out with a three-liter bottle. And that took care of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyway, he mentioned the verse. He talked about Joshua and Caleb, you know, the 10 spies, two spies. And he pointed out, you know, people get offended when you tell them good news. So oh, Joshua yeah. and Caleb came back with good news. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, they, they didn't want to hear well, it. That dovetails into something I want to bring up. But go ahead. Yes. And so, I mean, like, that was just, you know, they got mad at guys with good news. And that's what happens, you know, many times in, in Christian circles these days. One of the other things he pointed out, that verse in Ephesians 4 about let no corrupt communication. Do you remember that verse? Yeah. Come out of your and, mouth. And uh, let, me, let me see if I can find it here. And, you know, he had a. I saw this in a whole different light that I had never seen before. So Ephesians 4, uh, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Hmm. And he pointed out, you know, we think of corrupt communication as 
profanity, yeah, it could be swearing, legalism. cuss words, and all this. It could be legalism. Wow, so, I mean, that's a it, great when, point. When we teach essentially law, when we teach obligation instead of grace, when we tell people what they need to do in order to get God to do this, right. instead of telling them who they are because of what God has already done and who they what they already have because of the cross and because of the resurrection. When we teach law, we are that is corrupt communication. Yeah, and we're, we're saying law. We're talking spiritual law, yeah. um, basically an approach to God that's based on your performance, what you do, the right things you do, the bad, avoiding the bad things. So we need. So he says, when we preach law, we're putting people under a curse. Yeah. Oh yeah. So well, we need. To, so we need to stop cursing. Ah, so isn't that a good way? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's great. Kind of, you know, we, we, when we put people under the law, when we teach obligation, yeah, that's great. As and, and Miss Grace, then we are we are in effect right. cursing with it. Right. Okay, so what do you? She, she kind of brought up. I, I've been a little bit fascinated with the whole idea of being persecuted. Okay, mm-hmm. and I, this came out from Facebook when somebody basically a preacher made the point. You know, if you're not being persecuted. Uh, like Jesus was, and you're not, basically he was saying you're not really truly living the Christian life. That was the point. And I started thinking, but there are, you know, there are verses that do talk about that that's kind of part of it, you know? I mean, like you First Peter. Well, first in, Peter, man. Well, in the upper in, room, some too. Okay, we'll read the verse in first. What's the verse in First Peter? Well, when, uh, that part when it talks about in this step, I mean, the whole book of First Peter is a lot about suffering Yeah, with that. Well, not just generic Peter. suffering. I'm talking about persecution from people, okay? Okay. So, for okay, Jesus said, "Blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for there is the kingdom of God." So Jesus does, he does bring up persecution, mm-hmm. um, and then he talks about that they'll deliver you over and all that in, in Luke twenty-one. Um, and then now in first, Second Timothy it says, it, "For all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." Okay, so we'll be persecuted. Point blank, we'll be persecuted. Okay, so then you think, okay, where is this persecution coming from? Yeah. What is it? What's the nature of it? Well, you find out first of all. A lot of the persecution in the New Testament was talked about what Paul did himself before he became, came to the Lord. And he says several times, you know, I persecuted this mm-hmm. way, he called the, the, the church of the way, to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women. So he, Paul talks about what he was doing. And then, of course, we know the scripture that's amazing in Galatians 4, which is so telling, where it says, just at that time he was born according to the flesh, talking about Ishmael. Okay, let's set this up. Okay, so, so God makes a promise to Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations, which means you've got to have, start having kids. You had no kids at the time. Mm-hmm. Sarah's old, she had any kids. And so we got a problem. we got to have kids. So um, Abraham, in his brilliance, takes uh, his Hagar, his handmaiden, to have a child because he thinks he's got to do, make this happen himself. Mm-hmm. Right. And it becomes a symbol of self-effort to fulfill God's promise. On it. So anyway, so he uh, has sexual relations w- with Hagar. They have a baby named Ishmael. Um, and then, lo and behold, later on, Sarah does get pregnant. Um, and so, miraculously, at, in an old age, she gets pregnant. She has um, the birth of um, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And so, you have two kids in the half, two boys, Isaac and Ishmael. Now, Isaac, it says in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, that Isaac represents God's promise. It represents the whole idea of letting God do uh, what he can do without our help or without our having to make everything happen. I love Galatians 4, okay. where so it draws that parallel between Israel and Isaac. It draws a clear parallel, and then it makes an interesting point that in, in, in the biblical story in, uh, in Genesis, Ishmael starts to make fun of yeah. um, Isaac, and I guess maybe also Sarah, I think. But he, Don't he, remember he becomes, that. That's Ishmael that. becomes the problem. Oh, he definitely mocks. Yeah, he mocks the, them. Some of the translations he, now, I don't forget what he mocks Isaac. them for, but he was, you know. So, and so Galatians says that that's what happens. The law is what mocks or in a sense persecutes, it even says, 
grace. Ishmael always mocks. Ishmael always mocks. And so, and so, anyway, so that's why when you get down to then, um, like for instance, Galatians five, it says, "Brothers, if I have preached circumcision, why am I being persecuted?" In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. He goes. So he says basically, if I'm still talking about pers- circumcision, I'm making that a big deal. That I'm not focused on the cross. He goes, if I was really doing that. I wouldn't be persecuting. Yeah. So what he's saying there, in a nutshell, is the persecution comes from teaching the cross. Once you begin to tell people that the price has been paid, that Jesus died on the cross, paid for everything, that's where the persecution comes from. Now, one more scripture, then I want you to hear your comment. Galatians 6, and verse 12, he says, To those who make a good showing in the flesh, in other words, they work real hard and they do things for God, and they're all just all religious, um, who would force you to be circumcised only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we sometimes, you know, the, the assumption today is, actually, let me say this, and then you jump in, that you've got to take, you take a hard stand against sin, and that's what brings the persecution. If you're not taking a hard stand against yeah. sin, then you're tickling people's ears, and you're trying to avoid persecution. Well, you know, you don't see Jesus spend his time taking a hard stand against sin, or did Paul? I mean, there was a lot of sin going on in Rome, you know, I mean, the Colosseum, a lot of stuff going on in that mm-hmm. culture. And you'll see Paul ranting about all the, the sin. <laughs> We're going to have a rally outside yeah, of the rally. Coliseum yeah. this Saturday. I mean, they, the they did, yeah. For whatever reason, I mean, Jesus didn't do that. Now, you know, when Jesus went on a rant, it was against the religious people. That really struck me years I mean, ago. I mean, when it done both Paul re- and Jesus. They really the ones they got gave mad at were the oh, religious ones, yeah. If you, and, and, you know, when Paul talks to the church in Corinth, which was a mess, I mean, they were really messing up. You know, he was harder on the church of Galatia for mixing up law and yeah. grace yeah, than true. he was on the church of Corinth that was just out and out in sin. So anyway, the point is that, you know, you don't want to be persecuted because you're a jerk, for one thing. A lot of people mm-hmm. are Christian persecutors because they're jerks. They'd be persecuted if they weren't Christians. They're just... People don't like them. But a lot of times, persecution will come when you believe and you say that you believe Jesus completely paid the whole price for your salvation. There's nothing left for you to pay. It's all done. That's when you get it, particularly from the religious people. That upsets them a lot of times more than anything else. And And that's, I mean, while it was a Roman trial that Jesus went through, it was all ginned up by 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 the the Jewish leaders um, with that. So for sure. On, on, I was going to bring up things about Ishmael as well. This is again. And, uh, well, you say it, it you know, they they ginned up against Jesus not because he was coming out against sin per se. Yeah, is because you know he was coming out against their against religion. But anyway, go claimed ahead. to be God and well, yeah, he claimed to be God. Yeah, that was a problem. That, yeah. Um, yeah, the um, yeah, the, the thing about tear this house down and all that. Then he will rebuild it. But one thing I heard, and this is again from uh, Lynn Howells, he mentioned Tom, about, and I never thought of this. Tell me if you thought, of, you know, this idea of Ishmael. And you mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, it's an example of yeah. the flesh. Well, Abraham was really old then too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so he was already past natural childbearing, age, and so what? What Lynn Howells pointed out, I think he's probably right. He says that it took a certain degree of faith on Abraham's part. To have Ishmael and to come up with that a whole lie. So the, basically, his idea is that Ishmael is not all a fleshly idea. It's a combination. Mm. It's the mixture, you know, of faith and flesh mixing to to create Ishmael. And he talks about Sarah and that, of course, the name, or when when she is told about the plan, um, 
you know, she's mentioned herself. That's the other thing we forget. Hebrews 11, I kind of forgot about it. Hebrews 11 specifically mentions Sarah and yeah. her faith too. Even though so she laughed. Just, yeah. But and then it's, yeah, even though she laughed. And then it says, you know, she asked in Genesis if she could have pleasure again. And so, you know, she's sitting there, an angel, I guess an angel come tells her what's going to happen. And Lynn Howes is hilarious when he's describing, you know, Sarah's response. Sarah's saying, have you seen that old guy out on the front porch? <laughs> you know? And he says, you know, I have pleasure again. And, and he does a, Lynn Howes does a great job pointing out that there is pleasure in our relationship with Jesus Christ because there's no pressure to reproduce. And he talked about, you know, many couples, um, you know, are in a very challenging and sad situation where they're trying to have children and they can't. And, and so there's a pressure there to, to, to reproduce. Yeah. And when there's that pressure, it, it takes the, a lot of the, the romance out. It yeah. takes a lot of the pleasure out when it becomes such a pressure on that. But in Christ and grace, we don't have that pressure to produce. And yeah. so because we don't have the pressure to produce you know, the fruit of the Spirit, it's his fruit, it's not ours, right. then that allows us to relax and just to enjoy um, the relationship. So I thought that was a great point. That but, is a great yeah. point. Now, there is persecution that does come from the world as well. So, I mean, you're not saying there's no persecution. No, I'm saying there is, there. but I'm thinking... But, but I mean, from the secular All world, I'm so. saying is, yes, there can be. I mean, there's a place in countries where they just like Christianity. I mean, right. and there's absolutely is persecution. I'm just saying from a biblical point of view that most of the persecution that's talked about in the New Testament is religious persecution uh, persecuting the message of grace. It was not because, you know, Paul was not persecuted. He was not whipped because he stood up and, and spoke out against the sexual immorality of, the, of right. Rome, you know, or, you know, the, even the violence in Rome. I mean, it just wasn't the way it happened. And so it's not because sometimes we think well, we, if we don't stand up against our culture, and I'm not saying there's not value in, in expressing our, you know, contrary beliefs of what's going on in our culture. But I say, don't think that, well, I'm not being persecuted enough, therefore I've got to be, I've got to make more of an issue out of all the sins of our culture. That's not what we're really called to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not called to change our culture in, in that sense. We're called to just share the gospel with people or, and, and let the, let that do the work. It becomes their fragrance. They, they sense the fragrance of, of a loving Heavenly Father. And yeah. that's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, Romans says. So right. why don't we wrap this up? I've got a lot more stuff, but I'll, uh, we'll see if we can get it in on, a, on another podcast or, or down the road. Are you, are you worried about the asteroid, Roger? Did you read about that? I think I did hear something about it. We got an asteroid coming? January 18th. It's an oh, asteroid oh, no that's kidding. like the size of what they say the width of the tallest building in the world or something like that yeah. it's going to come within like 1.2 million miles of us oh man so that's like january a, 18th so this could be our last recording that's like what they call it in the air, in the airline industry a near miss or near miss <laughs> like and i think it's a, it's a near hit in the airline <laughs> industry you know but so but you know why we don't get uh too many asteroids because saturn and jupiter divert them you know that the gravitational pull of saturn and jupiter is keep a lot, most asteroids from coming close to the earth but you didn't know that well did i you? hope it works this time no i did not yeah. know that yep. so 